Welcome to One More Dig Metal Detecting Stories. This is Dave Sponenberg. Welcome back, everyone, for Season 3, Episode 2. We're going to call it Clark, the Origin Story, and we'll get into that in a few minutes. Um, Clark's here visiting, and we're going to do a little Q&A, and you'll get to learn a little bit more about Clark and the Longhouse Treasure Hunters. Um, first thing I wanted to talk about before that was just a little update on my uh, Deus 2. Um, I've been out a couple of times since we last talked and I found a Civil War, Union Civil War auxiliary button and a men's 14 karat gold ring all within probably 15 yards of each other along with some other things in an area that I've beat up pretty good over the years with several detectors. Um, I always like to say that that doesn't mean that this machine is the best machine in the world or the be all end all, but it did find some things that I missed with, uh, with other machines, which happens, um, I'm sure, with every machine. But I, I love it. It's, uh, it's kind of like if you haven't seen one, um, the old Deus One, it's basically that same machine, but has like a, an otter box covering around it. Um, it's waterproof and protective and you can't take it off like an otter box on a phone, but it resembles it. And, uh, and yeah, I've had it underwater. I've gotten it wet and works great. I love it. Um, I still have my Equinox. I, I use that occasionally too. And uh, that's a great machine, we all know. So I really didn't have too much housekeeping because I wanted to get right into to introducing Clark, the legend, the longhouse treasure hunter, past team leader, my one-time neighbor. Um, so Clark, Welcome to the show. Today, Hi, Dave. <laughs> today, instead of reading a story and talking about it and of a, of a team hunt, I thought we'd just talk and we could learn a little more about you. Um, the episodes that you've been on have done really well, and, and I think people would like to, you know, hear more about you and the team and, and, and all that. So I guess we'll start with you know what got you into metal detecting what made you uh take the jump well thanks for having me back dave I, I don't know if this will be like a great story for everybody but i can we can we can chat through some of this first of all i want to say that uh, I, I won't start off with how i started in metal detecting because what really started was with uh treasure hunting which is which is everything oh. a lot more than just metal detecting so how I got first involved with treasure was when I was younger, when I was like nine or 10 years old, my mom and my aunts and uncles used to go dump digging. So now this is back in like the late sixties and early seventies when we were do doing this. So you can imagine all these little towns had these, you know, dumps where people would take and throw the cans and their trash and bottles and, and things like that away. And even neighborhoods would have like neighborhood dumps around. So 
you know, my mom and uh, aunts and uncles, they knew where a lot of these places were. So we would go in there and you'd have a little little tiny hand shovel or one of those little claw things that you use in the garden. And we would just dig through all the old, you know, the broken bottles and the cans and stuff looking for intact bottles. Now, this is when they were all embossed with different words and things like that, you know, yep. swamp root oil bottles and all those types of things. That's when I first really got interested in it because that was just cool. I mean, we would find some really neat things. And we found these little bottles that were like shaped like airplanes. They used to have candy inside them and things like that and ink wells and all kinds of cool things. So back when I was nine or 10 years old, that's really when the bug bit me. I said, this is really neat. I really like doing this. If you never knew what you were going to find, it was just a lot of fun. And then uh, I continued that, you know, as we were, you know, growing up with kids, we used to go out and play in the woods because back then there was no internet, there was no cell phone, there was no cable TV, none of that stuff. So we used to play outdoors, you know. What a concept. So we used to go down and play in the woods and build tree forts and everything. And there was dumps all over the place where people were dumping things. We used to rummage through there and see where we could find stuff to use in our forts and everything. And uh, first one, you know, one of the bottles, I remember when you were bottle digging, I used to find these where the tops would be put on crooked because they used to make the bottle and then put the tops on afterwards of the glass, you know, weld them together. And they were always worth more if it was crooked and like that when you talk to people that were bottle dealers. So I thought that was kind of neat finding those. And then when we were down in, the, in uh, this one area where we were building a tree heart, there was an old dump and we rummaged through there. And my first coin I ever found was by sight. And it was a really? barber quarter. Yeah, a barber quarter. And I never, I know I didn't really didn't know what it was at the time. And it looked like it had been in a fire too. I had no yeah. idea. So you that was my first that. coin. Well, my first coin, I don't think I still have it. I think I traded that in. <laughs> probably melted uh, it down and coin. sold it or something. Yeah, yeah. So that was by eye when we were rummaging through one of these old dump sites. That was my first coin I ever found. And then, you know, as I grew up, got in high school and like that, I kind of lost, in, you know, wasn't involved in any stuff, going to college and getting a job and everything, and doing other stuff. Uh, I kind of got away from it. But then, from a metal detecting perspective, uh, I moved, my, my wife and my family, we moved back down into the upstate New York area there and moved next door to Earl, built a house, moved right next door to Earl. Now, I had known Earl before this, and I knew you before this too, only from, from other things before, because I knew people lived in the city, knew Earl really well before that, but we ended up moving in next to him. And he invited me over and he was showing me some of the stuff he had found and asked me if I wanted to go out. I said, absolutely, I'd love to go and, and, and try this out. So he let me borrow a machine. And I think it was an old whites the first time I, I went, just like the one that Kirk has. You know, this thing is like, should be in the Smithsonian or something. But 6000 <laughs> D Series 2 or something like that. Right, right. And I don't, I don't even know... I think I had to rig up some kind of strap and I had it hung around my neck and it was, you know, I was just going all over the place. So I didn't know what was going on. But I, I did manage to find some coins. We were down just in a local park going around and that's when the bug hit. I said, I got to get one of these. I got to figure this out how to do this. So I, I kept, I, I think he let me borrow a different machine too. Maybe it might have been that Wilson, but, you know, I was just yeah, trying I have some that. I have yeah, that hanging on the wall in the basement. <laughs> I mean, that worked then, you know, it was, this is back was in, in uh, you know, early 90s, so 92, 93, like that time frame was when this all started. 
So that's when I got really, you know, excited about doing this. And uh, went and your Earl actually, I think it was your machine that he, yeah. <laughs> he sold me, right? Yeah, it was a CZ6. Yeah. I was, I think I was moving at the time. And so I sold you that. And then I bought my, I think Earl might have given me a Mind Lab Musketeer, I think it was called or something. I can't remember, but it was, it was like the size of a cigar box, but it didn't have any like numbers on it or anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the first machine I didn't have that didn't have, that I had that didn't have a meter, except for when I was real little, I had one. But yeah, so that was my machine that you ended up with as your first machine. Right. And I had that for quite a while. That thing was great. I mean, I found a lot of stuff with that. So the, once I got that, then, you know, Earl started taking me to some of his secret sites. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'll never forget the first, you know, certain things you rem- remember the first time you find something. I remember the first musket call. Uh, that was down in one of the fields, down the flats, along the river. Yeah. CZ5, and I walked out and found that. And uh, I think I thought, got that. And a uh, Flint Arrowhead, as I was walking around too was laying on the ground that day too so that got me going uh, first musket ball uh, i started finding coins and we went up to a couple of the parks up in dollsville a couple of places around there and we we're finding you know silver coins and stuff so that's when we started going quite a bit then a lot, a lot more finding a lot of different things um first first coin was a merc dime i remember that I think that was up in Dallas. A silver coin. The first yep. silver coin with a metal detector. It was a Merc dime. That's fun. That, you know, you, you see that silver come out of the ground and that you know, gets you excited when you're a metal detector. That's, that's the stuff you want to see. So that was, that was fun. But, uh, I don't know what to read. Oh, I remember the first really old coin I found, again, down by the river. Um, and I'll never forget this one either because we went out. This is the first time, one of the first times that Earl took me to this place that he had found out in the middle of this field. So we're walking along. We'd only been there for about not even five minutes. And I'm walking along. I had a great target. And I dug it up and I wave into Earl to come over. And he comes running over there. What did you get? Because I think he was worried that it was going to be a silver coin because <laughs> nobody had, hadn't found any silver there yet, only copper, these old British copper. I think he was worried that it was going to be a nice silver coin, but it wasn't. It was a little uh, a farthing, oh, uh, nice. which was in real nice shape. You could read the date on it and everything. I still have that one. That's in the case. So uh, that was the first really old coin, 1700-something, 1730 or something like that. That was a really nice one. So uh, then, then, you know, we started thinking about doing the water. You know, I got all these stories from Earl and Kirk. Earl and Kirk, you know, they, they did all this stuff. And they started telling all these stories about, oh, you go in the water and you're digging up gold jewelry. It just comes, it's almost like it was like flying out of the ground. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> like jewelry's made in the sand underwater. <laughs> the way they say it. It's like, oh, they're growing it here. Let's go get some. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're telling you about all they used to scoop down and come up with a scoop, and there's three or four coins in there, and rings and chains. I know it's like clams or oysters, they put seeds in, and <laughs> bracelets grow. And... <laughs> so, well, that got me excited about that, though. So, I wanted to try in the water. So, well, how do you do this? I mean, you walk out and you 
your swimming trunks or something? He's like, oh, no, no. We got to get a wetsuit and all this. I said, I'm not getting a wetsuit. So <laughs> we finally just, they finally said, well, you can get, you know, waders. And then you can go out at least up to your chest. And then I said, well, what do I, what are my arms and stuff? And he said, oh, you put these trapper's gloves on. <laughs> big one. I remember those, those big long trapper gloves. I, had, I went out and bought big long trapper gloves to put on because your hands down in the water for hours. And, well, yeah. and, you, you, and it's cold up, you know, most of the time up north in the mountains and stuff. So and I got my weight, my waders, I got my trapper's gloves, um, and then I, I need a machine. <laughs> Earl, and some of your listeners will have to look this up. So Earl, Says, I got a machine you can borrow to try. Now, guess what it was? Oh, it wasn't the silver turtle, was it? <laughs> yes, yes, really? the that turtle. Was... <laughs> Did it leak? Well, I didn't go out far enough at first. Those things yeah, were amazing. Like... Those things were like pioneer, really. But that would have been like 30 years old when you tried it. Right. Yeah, the turtle talks, right? I mean, it wasn't a talking one, but <laughs> so the I didn't have the talking model. The Actually, one. I I have that machine you're talking about hanging on my wall in the basement too, the silver <laughs> turtle. Well, well, Earl warned me about these things leaking, and he says once you get out there, it starts leaking. He says you'll hear it in your headphones; it'll just go rrr, 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 make all these weird noises. So I said, well, I don't want that to happen. I said, I'm putting all this effort into this thing. I don't want to get out there in the water for five minutes. And then, you know, this thing craps out on me. So what I did is I ripped it up with a, a thing that went around my neck. And I stuck it down inside the waders up in the front. So it was down inside. As long as I could get it turned on, then I could go out and I didn't worry about it splashing. I had the cord coming out, down through. And that, I mean, it worked. I found stuff. You should have patented that. I can't tell you how many times, because these, you know, Turtle is one of the first underwater machines, and, but they leaked occasionally, you know, (laughs) so it would be like you'd spend half the day sitting on shore with it open, waiting for it to dry, so, you know, know, on a sunny day, you'd get to hunt more than on a, but they were, (laughs) They were. Yeah, Earl they were can tell young. a lot of good stories about those. Yeah, my my Earl was friends with all the guys who own that company. Yeah, you you knew that, but yeah, yeah I'm gonna yeah, do an right. I'm gonna do an episode about that whole gang at some point. Oh, that'll be a good one. They, they yeah. have good stories, those guys. Yeah, like that like the time yeah. like the time two of them broke into prison accidentally. <laughs> that was just a that was just a teaser for anybody listening. <laughs> That's gonna that be a future, good episode. Future, yeah, future episode there. You don't want to miss that one. That's a good story. <laughs> so I, I got that was my first adventure into the water using the turtle. But I said, you know, I talked to her. I said, listen, it's not. I can't. I can't keep using this machine. I said, this thing is like it's killing my neck. Plus, I can't get out deep enough, and uh, it just wasn't. You know, I had something to do. So I. I researched it a little bit and I ended up with a Tesoro. I think it was a sand shark. Sand yeah. Shark I, I have one of those <laughs> hanging on the wall in my basement, too. <laughs> yeah. Now, that, yeah. was, that machine was good. Yeah. Well, actually, I think the story my dad told me is, or the, yeah, was that uh, the silver turtle, 
I'll talk about this on another episode, but it, they were affiliated with Tessero at some point. Either they used Tessero's guts in their um, case or Tessero just bought them outright. I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, the silver shark. Sorry to interrupt. I, uh, no, that's okay. That's my fine. brain yeah. just all over the place. I just got out of the field detecting for a couple hours and I'm just high on fresh air, you know. <laughs> I didn't find well, anything either. Well, well, that happened. I found a lot, but nothing to report. The, the, the turtle. So, yeah, any of your listeners, you know, Google that, the silver turtle, and maybe they'll find some information about it, the ads about it or something. That was a An ad. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah so then I had that. The sorrel. I used that for quite a while, and that's when I really started finding a lot of stuff in the water. And I mean, I love water hunting. I mean, that's my favorite thing to do, especially in the lakes, yep. nice and calm day. And you walk out there and just kind of floating around, and it's really easy to dig stuff up. I Man, I just love that. That's my favorite thing to do. I, I don't do it anymore, but that's my that was my favorite thing. I really love that. So yeah, then I had the so Tesoro, I had the CZ5, and we basically took off from there, everything going. I, then I ended up getting into mine lab stuff, so I got the E-Track and the Excalibur 2. That's what I have right now. I still have those. Did you use the Excalibur back in New York, or did you just use that yeah. to move south? Yeah, I bought that before I, before I moved, so I used that in the lakes quite a bit. That was That's a great machine. I mean, that it was uh, no chatter or anything, man. I think just locks right into the targets, too. Just to be clear, that's a great machine. For, and that's for, for going right in the water. If you look at the Facebook groups for uh, metal detecting groups for Florida, which there's many, um, the Excalibur is one of the machines that's used the most by people. Yeah, it's great on the salt water. You know, in the saltwater environment, it's great there. It's great in the freshwater either or works fine. But uh, I don't go in the water anymore, so I really don't don't use it much down here. Yeah, I have. Uh, I I love water hunting too. I I went with Kirk and Earl starting from when I was twelve years old, and then up until I went to college and then maybe a few times after that. Um, but for a teenager, I bet you I found more gold rings than most teenagers ever have found metal detecting. Found yeah. yeah. And, and you get to, uh, you probably went to some of the older sites too, where you'd find Barber coins even. And, uh, right. Yeah. Like and you find all kinds of stuff. I mean, up by uh, up in Kroger Lake there by Sherman's, you know, in the, where the amusement parks were. There's all kinds of stuff out in the water there. There's tokens and all kinds of, you know, bathing, the tags that they had from the bathing room lockers and stuff, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we used to go in the summer for a week to Canandaiga Lake as a family. <laughs> My father, or Earl, used to bring us to... Um, family vacations that were metal detecting centric. And we went to Canandaigua Lake a couple, couple years in a row. 
which had an old amusement park from the late started, you know, was built in the late 1800s and went, they tore it down in the eighties, I think. But, uh, so it was all Victorian era stuff up through and just so much silver and gold and unbelievable stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. I really like that. Like I said, you're just kind of floating around out there in the water nice and peaceful and, uh, Digging's easy. You can't use a machine, obviously, with numbers on it. You're going up totally by sound of everything. But once you get used to it and understand the sounds, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Good old Earl. That's all my favorite. Good old Earl just turned seventy-six. You know. Nice. He's still at it. The average age of our club is, I think, sixty-four. <laughs> and that's because that's because Jay's. Not quite 40, so he brings it down. <laughs> yeah, he's not really even uh we don't we don't have a good recruiting department, really. <laughs> well, it's, it's up to you. You're the team leader. Yeah, that's true. Blame it on me. So my tastes in uh, treasure has changed also over time. So when I first started with Earl with the metal detector. It was all kind of every you know artifacts you know musket balls and buttons and looking for old old coins and, you know you get excited when you found something that was just a bronze thing that you didn't even know what it was you know as long as it, you knew it was old from the 17 or 1800s and that was fun trying to figure out what half of this stuff was and uh, civil war era things you know i really enjoyed that for a long time but over time once i started finding like silver rings and gold rings i, I kind of gravitated to that and that right now that's really all i focus on. i go to the beaches down here in florida and everything i'm just looking for gold and silver and platinum yeah precious metals is all i really am focused on but it's just fun to be out and finding stuff you know, that's the main thing i'm looking for now yeah there's nothing like 14k in the bottom of the scoop is there yeah yeah pretty nice. pretty Pretty stuff. I've never found anything platinum. Have you found platinum? Yeah, I've got three or four rings, platinum rings. Yeah. Never, never found. I wear a platinum ring, but I don't. I've never found one. Yeah. Well, I found one. I guess I found this one at Zales. I think, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you want one, I can sell you one. I give you a nice deal. No, that's all right. I'll sell you mine. <laughs> How's that? No, no. I'm not buying, I'm selling. <laughs> it's a good market to be selling. So that's what that's the origin. That's my you know, very quickly how I went through getting involved in all this stuff. And I, I still love doing it. I still love you never know what it's gonna be when you when you dig down there. That's the that's the fun part for me. I just you never know what's coming up. Today I went out on the beach. Had a, a really oddball signal. It was like a, on the E track, it was like a 1228. And, you know, I don't know what that's going to be. It's just, you never know. Well, it ended up being a, that I showed you that part of a, it looked like a face of a watch or something. It, that's what it looked like. Yeah. But it, it looked like an older watch, though. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's just a piece of metal, you know, nothing, nothing to it. But it's just, you don't know what it's going to be. That's, that's the fun for me. Yeah. It's not knowing what to, what's going to come up. Yeah, I, I see your how your tastes would change too. I, 
I'm getting older. I put a lot of hours in digging into the ground and find a lot of good stuff, but I went down to Florida twice this year and just to walk out in my, my water shoes and my shorts and just kick around in the warmth for a while. And then, you know, I mean, it's definitely very appealing. Yeah. And Corona is a big seller down there because <laughs> I found yeah. more Corona bottle caps in my hunting in Florida than I don't even know what. Yeah. Well, the, the beach where I am here is pretty clean. There's not a whole lot of stuff, you know, pop tops. I don't dig many bottle caps at all, anything like that. Most of the trash is, you know, and everybody knows this, I think, in your podcast, can slaw. So most oh, of the stuff yeah. is can slaw. Explain, explain to me how that happens. I guess it's just the action of the ocean. Just tears them apart. Eroding, tearing them apart and eroding the stuff away over time and corrosion and all that. And then you end up with all these little pieces of crappy metal foil aluminum stuff. It's not there. some vindictive guy in his garage just ripping these things up and throwing them out on the beaches. Uh, <laughs> could, it could be, but I don't I don't It's know. everywhere. Yeah. But I, I know I I pick it all up whenever I find that stuff and throw it away. Yep, you know, because you know, little kids running around with bare feet and stuff, and they want them doing that. And then the other thing, you know, it's kind of dangerous out there too, is you wouldn't believe how many fishing lures I find yeah. with the hooks on them. You know, and there's little kids running around out in the water and everything. So I always pick all that stuff up. Yeah, there's glass too. And glass. Yeah. Not well, that's it. Now I just want precious metals. <laughs> up by you or the there's that's the more sophisticated people yeah i wish there were more people that were losing stuff but they're not here i guess <laughs> yeah apparently from what everybody's saying on the facebook groups is that it's been a tough year in florida but i don't know how it would be any different from any other year people go people swim people lose stuff well i know the beach here and I've only been here for two years, so the beach here, um, the sand has been pushed in and it's not leaving. So, you know, stuff is way down when it starts getting to the hard pack. That's where everything settles. But now it's got three foot of sand or four foot of sand on top of it, too, and the sand isn't moving. So I don't know if it's a current or what, but it's been this way for a long, long time. Oh. Don't they put new sand on some beaches too, like in heavily used areas or? Well, they actually here by right out behind my house, they actually, they were dredging. They have to dredge out the channel up here because that's where the nuclear subs are going in and out. And they pump the sand down to the beaches for, for like miles down the beach. They keep adding pipes and whatnot. So right behind my house, it's like full of sand now because <laughs> they just finished down here. We were at the end of it, so. There's nothing out here now, by, by my opinion. unless it's new, you know, fresh drops. Well, I hear the day is two will go three feet, so maybe that. Yeah. Maybe well, come on be. down. You can try it. <laughs> <laughs> You're more than welcome to come anytime. I know. You got mad at me last time, but I had stuff, you know. I wasn't mad once you told me what happened, but uh, the invitation is always open. You know that. You're always mad at me. <laughs> okay, Dave. Well, that's my story. Um, 
it's probably not very exciting, but that's how I got involved with this thing. And I still find it thrilling to, to dig stuff up because it just you don't even know what the stuff's going to be. It's just kind of fun. It is exciting. It's a good story. Fun stuff. And then you were team leader for how many years? Oh, I don't know. A couple of times. You got me into it once and then I got out of it and then you roped me back into it for another year or two. I've been doing it for almost, I think, seven years now. That's because everybody else has declined to even try I for keep, it. I keep getting reelected somehow. Was there well, even an opinion. election this year? This is getting like, I'm like the king. My, I voted to disband the club. You know that. I'm on five years voted to disband everything. You won't let me go. No, we're waiting for everyone to naturally go. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a while. I don't know. Probably. But anyway, so yeah, then we're going on a big trip in a few weeks. Big Longhouse Treasure Hunters annual Earl birthday hunt, upstate New York. I think uh, Clark will be there. I'll be there. Jay will be there. Kirk will be there. Steve will be there. And who's the last one? Who did I miss? That's it. Yeah. Right. Lumpy's not. Lumpy won't be able to make it. Six of us. I think. Yeah, six of us. I, That'll be fun. I haven't participated in a team hunt for many years now. Probably four, maybe. This is going to be the one to remember. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It certainly will be. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I can tell you I'm going to explore more. This is a place I can't tell everyone where we're going because... Um, I don't know because I don't want to, but um, it's a place we've been a few times. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going only in the place that we always go. I'm actually going to go look somewhere else for some place. Oh, I think I lost you. Are you back? Clark? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, there you are. Your your pictures froze on the Zoom, so I didn't know if you were there or not. No, you froze on my end too. So oh, fancy. Um, yeah, so we're going on a trip. It should be fun. A day and a half hunt. Six of us. Um, we'll report back on it. Actually, we're gonna take some vigorous notes and uh we'll write up a little a little thing and we'll do a Clark and I'll do a podcast talking about the show or talking. I about think we can do a little recording. I think we can do a little recording during the hunt. Get some of the you know live action. We can do that. That is going to rely on me learning how to edit. <laughs> there. See, I think that's something good. That would be good for you. But, you know, I can figure that out. Yeah. I don't edit. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the one take. Some other shows get pretty fancy. I just, I'm like, I just want it to be like I'm sitting around with the guys talking about stuff and give it one take. 
put it well, up. It'll be one. It'll be one take. You just need to be able to edit the different pieces together and cut the things out that are uh, you know not appropriate. <laughs> yeah, this is a families listen to this too. So I gotta. I may have to cut everything out, but we'll see. Well, everything that one person says, anyway. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's for sure. All right, no, it's gonna be good. That's, I'm really looking forward to this. That's uh, it's gonna be a really fun time. And the place is a, it's a it has potential. I don't know how much is really left there, but I don't we'll give it a go. I mean, we never really went anywhere but the one spot, the one part. I mean, there's 200 acres, and we just keep going back to the same place. We've been in several places. You have, yeah, yeah. I've walked around quite a bit. I don't know how grown up it'll be. But anyway, for the listeners, we'll get back to you on it. It's going to be a fun trip to celebrate Earl's 76th birthday. Um, oh, before we go, I wanted to quickly, I have, we have uh, a listener here at One More Dig who requested that we um, pick back up with our hands, our hand signals. Um, We've done a couple before. I think we did Ring and Mercury Dime. And uh, this week, and Clark said he didn't remember this, but he's going to see now what it looks like. Um, and I'll post a picture from the book that I got these from. Um, I talked about this little book, <laughs> this little handbook before that my father and his friends, actually the, the guys who founded the silver, the Raylar who made the silver turtle metal detector that we talked about earlier, did this, did this book. And I'll post a picture of, um, from that book, but we're going to do the Buffalo nickel signal. And it's very easy. You take your pointer fingers and point them straight up in the air. Like you're saying, I'm number one, both of them, and then put your knuckle on your um, temple and then move your fingers forward a little like <laughs> like you're a buffalo with your horns and then you just bob your head forward and then your body will know um, you found a buffalo nickel. Um, I've used it before. I don't, Clark said he didn't remember it, but I guess we didn't find a lot of buffalo nickels, or he probably didn't find any. I, I, I found some, but I didn't feel it necessary to give anybody the signal for, for finding that. <laughs> this is funny because I'm talking as if I don't think you're there because your pictures froze, but then all of a sudden you start talking and it's very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, that's okay. I love it. I'm still here. I love it. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up here, but thanks for coming on, Clark. I appreciate oh, it. My pleasure. You'll be back on for the, uh, to talk about the trip and uh, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please email me at omdstories at gmail.com with any questions, any suggestions, any feedback. Uh, please leave feedback at whatever podcasts um, whatever podcast app you use to listen to the 
to this podcast and uh, I love the, I love feedback. I get some every time. No one seems to be paying attention to to posting feedback on the apps, but um, I am getting you know several emails. Um, it's nice to hear people are listening. So anyway, thanks again, Clark. I'll see you in three weeks, maybe something like that. Yeah. Oh, I was just thinking too. So we're all meeting at this place. I don't know how you're getting there if you're going down with Earl and, and them, but I'm meeting, I'm driving straight from New Hampshire and I, I now own an electric car and I have to try and figure out how to um, charge my car from where we're going to be staying because there doesn't seem to be a lot of options. So I might have to use my daughter's car, who's at college. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't figured out that charging yet. You'll be fine. But yeah, it's fun. Um, all right. I'm actually, staying, staying, I'm actually going to stay nearby the night before. I'll be only like That's 10 right. miles away the night before. I forgot, so, that. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's smart. Be fun. I'm looking forward to that, too. Kind of out in a, in a rustic motel <laughs> yeah i mean there's no gray lady anymore so you just be riding around in like volkswagen tower rigs or something i don't even know what you'd be riding in not the same no but all right well thanks a lot and i'll catch you later this has been one more dig metal detecting stories and i'm dave spannenberg